Well, howdy, everybody. It's uh, been a while since I've been able to record some more episodes, but super stoked in this week. was able to sit down with Joe Draper, catch up on everything that's been going on this summer. And as we are both cyclists, we, we did talk for uh, quite a minute about the cycling community and the culture, and we're able to geek out about it. Got an update in his life, him being a recent grad from the U and got engaged this summer. Uh, got into that a little bit and looked into uh, the Maybird cycling team, which she helps manage. And if you want more content that just goes specifically into cycling, uh, the Maybird cycling podcast is all about that. And I'll be sure to link that in the show notes. During this podcast, we talk about the pros and cons of role models and why we should be a little wary of putting anyone on a pedestal. We discuss the importance of having a consumer suit and what that means to our mental health and why it's so important. Joe talks about the importance of being dedicated to objectivity and introspection, which I found to be my favorite part of the conversation that we had. It was great to catch up with him and geek out about bikes for a while while learning from him and uh, his viewpoints. So thank y'all for being here and uh, enjoy the episode. Hop into it straight off, but how the hell are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Not riding my bike as much as I want to, but that's kind of all the time. You know? All right. Yeah, I guess you can. It never seems like there's enough time. Oh, no. Ride. Oh no, never. No, like I have more time than I did the past couple of years because I just graduated. And even now it's like, it's not enough time. I always want to be out riding. So like how, how often are you riding? Like ideally, um, during the kind of spring, summer, fall, I shoot for four to five rides a week and my rides are hour and a half, two hours long. I, I lean more on the intense side than the long stuff. Like I see the rides you're doing and it's like, no, nah, dude, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm really good at riding bikes until hour two. And then it just like, is a steep decline after that. Okay. It so, sucks. so your power yeah. output for the first, just straight out and the whole time is just, it's not, pumping. it's not great, but like relatively speaking, it's higher. Right. right. You know? Well, the one ride we've got been on together, we uh, had a little sprint at the top of Emmy and I was dropped out the back so fast. Well, here's the thing though. Here's like, I have just like a lot of mass to throw at the pedals. Uh-huh. It's not like I'm some amazing sprinter goes out and lifts all the time. I just weigh a lot, <laughs> you know? So like if you decided you wanted to drop me at any point in that Canyon, other than the point you decided to, you would have, you know, that was the one, uh, maybe that's the one thing I can do, but you know, like it's fun. Like I ride for fun. I don't ride uh-huh. for a paycheck. I, yeah, yeah. I, I entertain dreams of riding for a paycheck when I was in middle school and high school. Yeah. And then I actually met professional cyclists and I realized Dude. there's not a hotter hell than riding your bike for money. <laughs> it's about as, if you live in the U S at least I'm sure in Europe it's better, but like for yeah. American pros, there's probably like three of them that make as much as you'd make working at H and R blocks on right? insurance. Yeah. Or I've like, heard it sucks. Yeah. They don't make much money. I've only met one guy who's like, I don't even know if he was, it was, it wasn't a livable wage, but it no. was like what he was doing full time. And yeah, yeah. The amount of hours he was putting out, like just in the basement on the trainer, yep. cause like you just have to build 100%. such a base endurance. And it was like, that doesn't seem very fun. No. You know, like if you felt like Keegan Swenson's kind of like the big American pro right now, yeah. follow him on Instagram. You see like in the winter, like six hours out in the snow on his road bike or like, you know, four hour trainer Jeez, session, dude. stuff like that. Like lifting every single day. I'm like, I don't. I don't want to do that, man. I'm too soft. You know, yeah. like I like to be able to hop on the trainer for an hour in the winter and then like go and watch TV. You yeah. know, I don't, if, if it's cold <laughs> in 45, I don't ride anymore. You know, like it's, yeah. if you have to be ridiculously hard to be like a professional cyclist yeah, and, and like, kind of stupid, but you know, those pros, like, I just don't understand those stage races. Like they're doing it back to back to back to yep. back. And it's just. No, it's, it's like, unbelievable. Like people don't realize they're different humans. You don't well, you don't realize like what an insane athletic event like the Tour de France is, oh. right? Or even like a mountain. Especially bike around here, people have no clue. Like I'll no. have, like I'll talk to people back in Idaho and just around here that I ride bikes, and I this is my second year. Like I'm not great, and they're like, 
oh, do you want to go like do the Tour de France one day? And I'm like, there's two, there's two cycling events that people know about. When you say I ride bikes, they're like, do you do the Tour de France or do you do Red Bull Rampage? Those are the two yep. cycling events that exist in the general conscious, like, you know, the, like, yeah. the public, like they don't understand that there's cycling beyond that. Yeah. It's kind of funny because those are completely different sports. Uh -huh. There's zero crossover there. You know, zero. Like, you're none. using a thing that has two wheels and that's where the similarities end. Yeah. You know, it's wild. I mean, I always tell them, it's like, that's like if you went to the YMCA and just went to the basketball court and you just ask someone if they were, they're going to go play in an NBA game next year. Yeah. Like, it's like, like you're going to go dunk on LeBron. It's like, <laughs> no, I mean, we're doing the same thing technically in the broadest yeah. sense, but not, not really. Yeah. No, it's, it's fine though. You know, I think I, I used to be like a big advocate of like cycling education, making it more popular. Now I see how crowded the trails are and I'm like, cycling sucks. This sport's for losers. You know, like don't buy bikes. Bikes are expensive now. I can't find yeah. one, you know, like cycling's for nerds. Look at, you have to wear like a leotard all the time, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. Back That's in cool. like my hometown, definitely no one gets it. No, you're no from uh, Tw Twin Falls? Idaho Falls. Idaho Falls. Yeah. yeah, dude. Yeah. No one rides bikes up there, right? Nobody. There's like one guy who's an animal yep uh that one dude yeah. just owns every single kom in the county noodle if you're listening you're you're a beast dude. Le legend status yeah. yeah from dude. out of falls he just destroys everybody there you go but. i want to move somewhere where i can have all the koms just like find like the zip code in the u.s with the least <laughs> cyclist and then just own it you know get like sponsorships and stuff but yeah this is a rough zip code to be a cyclist in if you care about strava leaderboards maybe. yeah if you uh i mean that's like another thing i want to get into a little bit later it's like the mental side of it and just like comparing yeah because like oh it's horrible oh, oh it's so no matter bad. how bad you think it is it's worse it's, it's awful man like strava is great for motivation but if you if you do not have fabulous mental health just stay off it like <laughs> it's so rough dude it's yeah, dude. so so rough it's like every couple of weeks i'll do a ride i'm like oh, i feel great and i'll like i got my pr i'm like cool, cool. and then i'll go look at everyone else's time 678 and like, place yeah and just like the people i know they've yep. got like minutes on me yep. and i'm like i've got to shave off like five minutes yeah like that's and then somebody asks you like my, my fiance like, why who cares and you're why? like there's, well there's always someone faster than that guy and that's what i tell people like yeah because like, you know, we're talking about like these american pros or whatever you see some guy who's like set some crazy time at big cottonwood canyon or whatever yeah that guy goes to europe and gets his teeth kicked in oh like, yeah no matter how good you are if you're in north america right now you're not the best in the world like yeah. when i say that there's always someone better i really mean it yeah and you know? any field any profession any hobby like yeah the comparison just kind of need to stay away from it oh and yeah. that's i mean in the same breath it's like comparing against myself like it's fun to just go out and like see times just keep getting faster and faster and yep. faster and it's like that'll end oh, you'll pro you'll plateau soon oh you know, I'll, first five I'll years of cycling great <laughs> and then after that you're like whoa i got worse how did that happen i'm riding just as much you know yeah it's fun those first couple of years are amazing oh i'm having a blast yeah i can't believe like, you're only two years into riding this is my second year oh that sucks that yeah. sucks you're as fast as you are two years under your belt gosh i've been doing this since i was a fetus and i suck dude <laughs> like but hey there you go no, it's man. like comparison both of us show up to any race in europe and just you know get pulled first lap like oh doesn't yeah matter. it's well, irrelevant right yeah jeez but uh, yeah, other than bikes, what, uh, I mean, what's going on? Oh, I recently graduated from college. Uh, uh, Where from? Uh, University of Utah, All just right. down the street. Uh, be paying for that for a long time. Um, <laughs> and then uh, just got engaged, um, getting married. Oh, that was year. like a week ago. 
It was, Two weeks so ago. it was actually long. It was back this summer, and oh. I did like an Instagram post that kind of flew below the radar. And then once I posted the professional pictures, oh. everybody recognized my engagement. See, I kept getting all these like, oh, this is so cool. Congrats. Right. Like, hey, thanks. You know, proposed back <laughs> okay, in the so summer, what? but it's fine. Okay. You know? okay. Yeah, it's, well, it's congrats. Uh, thank you. No, I'm, I'm stoked. Pe- well, people are stoked for me. People are less stoked for her and confused and maybe even concerned on her behalf. But, you know, <laughs> it's, it's fine. She's known me for six years. She could have bailed out any time. Um, but yeah, just trying to ride bikes. I've, it's like a project getting, getting uh, my fiance on the bike the past few years. You know, we've mm-hmm. got her to the point where she can, you know, keep up with just about anyone. And you know, oh, nice. like every single day is basically wake up, do the work stuff and then figure out where you're riding the bike in the evening. And that is All the, right. that's the, you know, it's the kind of tenuous situation I have to keep me, you know, out of a padded cell. That's, kind of my, <laughs> that's my strategy right now. Yeah. So is she riding with you pretty much every day? I mean, every, or, most of the times that she rides, you know, she's kind of in a tricky spot where like, you know, she doesn't know a whole lot of people that ride. She doesn't have a good group to ride with yet. And we're working on yeah. that. So most of the times that she rides, she'll come with me. Um, and then I'm probably doing, you know, just as many rides without her on my own. Yeah. And I've kind of arranged it to do like the hard rides I do on my own. And then I do my recovery rides with her because it like yeah. forces me to do the recovery pace because mm-hmm. I was so bad at like having a quote unquote recovery ride. Dude, and then, recovery rides are brutal yeah it sucks it's, it's way hard harder. for cycling personalities it's harder to do a recovery ride than like a hard effort it's 100%. so hard like i like 90 percent of my rides are alone and i'll be out there and i'm like looking at my computer i'm like trying to stay in zone two and i'm like i gotta do this for the next like two hours yep and i'm like oh, not yeah. even like breathing hard like you're not breathing hard old people tell me that it gets easier as you get older and you kind of lose the punch but like when you're young and you've got a punch and there's a little yeah. hill you want to just kick it up real quick yeah. you know just like toss 800 watts around here and there you know and before you know it like you've done more damage on a recovery ride than you did on your interval day. yeah so yeah it's a mess cyclists are idiots but. so what'd you uh what'd you get your degree in from the u business administration and management All i got right. i got the the classic degree for people who don't know what they're doing. So I just, okay. and, and like all the memes about like business school and stuff, like it's all worse than that. It's so bad. <laughs> like everybody in there thinks they're Wolf of Wall Street. You're there like, can you sell the pen? Mm, and you know, like, oh, yeah. crypto bro. Like I had a guy do his final presentation in accounting on NFTs. Really? Yeah. It was the worst thing I've ever seen. In accounting? In accounting. Yeah. Like he figured out a way to pigeonhole NFTs into every single aspect of like the business world. It's okay. just all the people, like, imagine how insufferable you think they are, times it by six. <laughs> it was so bad. Like, I would say that, like, business school is, like, ambitious, smart people go to law school or med school. Uh-huh. Ambitious, stupid people go to business school. Because <laughs> it's, all, it's all, like, the frat guys. Oh, yeah. Like that. Oh, dude. I mean, it, yeah, the Wolf of Wall Street mentality. Kinda. People who think that's but. a show about a good person whose life you should emulate. How about that? People who don't get that the Wolf of Wall Street is satire. That's, I should be nice. Right. There were plenty of great people. There yeah. were a few people that I had to do like projects with and stuff. And I'm yeah. Like, and I'm, I'm stupid and somewhat ambitious, right? Uh-huh. I'm like, you're delusional, man. Like some <laughs> of the things you believe, like we were, we were talking as we were setting up, cause I do a podcast too, uh-huh. about how like, it's like the stereotypical, like, you know, mediocre white guy in his twenties thing to start a podcast. Yep. Every Here single one of those guys, yeah. if they have a college degree, it's business administration and management. hundred percent. Yeah. It's rough. Yeah. That's a tangent for another day, but yeah, wrap All that right. up. I'm working in healthcare staffing right now. So doing okay. something really, you know, um, it's a great job for a good company, but like, you know, the passion man is riding the bike. Yeah. Try to get to the end of the day and ride the bike. That's the goal. All right. So you're trying to work, are you trying to like transition and ha- be able to work around the bike world? I spent almost five years in the bike industry right out of high school. 
and it's fun. And I met a lot of really cool people and it's Mm -hmm. cool to be surrounded by, but like the bike industry and the outdoor industry generally kind of suck, you know, like you, it's so hard to get paid a livable wage, especially if you live in Salt Lake, it's cool to be around the tech. It's cool to get the discounts and stuff, but like, you know, I, I've, I've some, I don't remember who it was, but somebody told me that like you keep your hobbies and your career separate because if you make your hobby, your career, you kind of lose the joy. And since leaving the industry, I've kind of rediscovered my love for cycling. Okay. So, nice. so what were you doing for those five years in the industry? I, I was working for uh, backcountry.com. Okay. Uh, they, they own a subsidiary competitive cyclist. Yep. I know you'll know them. Yeah, yeah. Um, people outside the bike world might not, but I was basically uh, like an account manager selling the super high end stuff to like the VIP customers. Okay. So I was like building up, you know, dogma F12s from the ground and like doing all <laughs> kinds of cool stuff. But yeah. And it was cool until kind of COVID hit and then the entire industry just fell apart. Like no inventory, you know, like layoffs and yeah, then dude. desperately looking for people the next week. And, and so it was, it was fun. Um, and I, I enjoyed my time there and I met a lot of great people, but you get to a point where it's like, I need to own a house someday, you know, like I can't, <laughs> I can't keep, like, I think working in the bike industry is a hobby unto itself beyond cycling. And there's some people who love it and thrive on it. But uh-huh. after five years, I was so burned out. I just needed to do something stable and like predictable and maybe a little less like you know, passionate, but you know, uh-huh. if I think the amount of stress I lost leaving backcountry, um, you know, to do something that could pay the bills a little easier was, was great. So it's not for everybody, but for me, I just got to where I was like, I can't, I can't do this anymore, man. This sucks. You know? Yeah. It's always a tricky thing trying to balance like, cause everyone thinks they want their hobby to be their job. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Until you do it. And then like, until you do it. Oh, wait, like, this sucks. Yeah. Because like, I was able to go be, work at a marketing agency. So I was around cinematography and that stuff. And I did it for a year. And then my camera never left my bag. Nope. No, because like, When I wasn't working, yeah, yeah, and I was like, on the weekend, I was like, I'm not even going to bring it. I would like to do anything other than what I just spent 40 hours doing. <laughs> like, yeah. really, dude. And there, and it's On like, projects that I didn't. It wasn't my creativity. It was just someone else, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. 100%. And, like, I do this kind of... I mean, I'd still ride my bike on the weekend and stuff right after uh-huh. work, but it was, like, you wake up, you talk to people about bikes, and not just people, but, like, the general public. And if you've ever interacted with the general public, you know it's the worst. You interact <laughs> with the general public about the bike, yeah. get all, like, you know, get in your head about the... And then, like, go and ride the bike and then get home and, and watch GCN on your phone while you're in the shower and then, like, <laughs> shop for bikes and then put your phone down and go to sleep. And it's fun for a while. And then you're like, I need other things in my life to like challenge me and fulfill me other than this. And yeah, but losing the discount sucked. So ups and downs, right? Yeah, the ups and downs for sure. (laughs) Dang, dude. So uh, I guess, oh, sorry. Oh yeah, Mainbird. Yes. Yeah, I want to hear all about it. Don't know much about it. Well, I, I woke up one day and I was like, what would be a good way to toss even more money into the cycling pit without getting anything back. <laughs> I decided, no. So, so a little bit of background. I am 23 years old and mm-hmm. I did high school mountain biking, uh, Skyline High School here in Mill Creek. Um, joined the mountain bike team like my sophomore year. Changed my life, got me into cycling, lifelong passion, yada, yada, yada. Um, and I kind of got to the point where like I was doing national level competition and all my friends were doing it too. And the high school apparatus and infrastructure weren't really sufficient for that, right? Like it was basically like, this is a group of people from your school that you're going to go and ride with a few nights a week. And then you do a race where you wear a Skyline jersey and you go to the five Nike races a year or whatever. Okay. And we were like, you know, we want to train over the winter and we want to do, um, you know, the national races that happen, you know, because here in Utah, the high school season is in the fall. 
you know, like well, there's all these races, you know, before the fall, we want to be racing year round and stuff. And some people, there were a couple people before us who started these like development teams. We call them in the, in the cycling world, um, <clears throat> where you'd get a bike sponsor and equipment and stuff, and they'd mm-hmm. fly you to whatever race. But they were like twenty grand a year. Oh, they were geez. insanely expensive, right? Okay. And then for some people who could afford it, it was great. But like, you know, I mean, twenty grand. Yeah, it's and I'm not gonna be like oh, I'm so poor. Like I'm like a normal a normal kid who grew up in like a middle class family where yeah. you just it's like twenty grand per kid. I have two younger brothers, right? Yeah. And so we were like, we want to start a cycling team that like can do the essentials, but you could do for free. And like most people end up buying the kit and a couple things and sending their kid to a race or two. But it's like uh-huh. maybe a couple thousand a year, up to 5,000 a year, I, th- I think, if, if I had to guess, would be the most instead of like 10, 15, 20 grand per year per kid. Um, and so we started it, it was like 20 kids. And then cycling continued to explode and get super popular. And we've got like 250 registered kids right now. Wow. Another, are, yeah. are those all in Utah? Yeah. All in Utah. And, and like, we've had kids as far, I mean, we've like, you know, outside of the kind of Salt Lake County and Utah County, we've had kids in Logan, kids down in Southern Utah and stuff. Um, and we're, we're kind of getting to a point where like, we can't really provide a great service for somebody who's super mm. far out of Salt Lake County. So okay. I've even told people before, like, you know, I'd, I'd love to have you, but you'll probably have a better experience with this Devo team in Logan, because like, if you're in Logan, like you're never gonna get to ride with us. There's not a whole lot True. we can do for you. Yeah, that just makes sense. And and like the other thing is like, you know, 250 kids register, but then like 120, 130 of them are the ones we're actually seeing frequently. But the other kids mm-hmm. I'm like, I'll take your registration fee. That's fine. You know, yeah. you're 40 bucks. We'll use that to buy Capri Suns for someone else, right? You know, so <laughs> yeah, it's it's a casual thing, but it's it's kind of like, I mean, my dad does most of the administrative stuff with insurance and everything and setting okay. up essentially what's like, you know, like five or six high school teams worth of athletes that we're trying to like do coaching for and do the education stuff. So it kind of got out of hand. Um, you know, I didn't know if my parents' marriage would survive it, but uh, it did so far. All right. And here we are, <laughs> right? So, yeah. so how much of the, like, how much are you involved with these kids? Like training programs? Is it all the way to nutrition and like giving them a schedule for the week of what they need to be riding and yeah. stuff? Yeah. It depends on the kid. Like we have, we have, it's, it's, an ex, it's, we have extremes, right? We have some kids where they sign up and they buy the Jersey and we see them at one ride and then we never hear from him again. Right. Um, and we have other kids, like we have an athlete right now who we have several athletes right now, actually. And they like have a training plan that we put together for them where they open up their phone and like, Oh, this is the ride I'm supposed to do today. And we look at their numbers and see what their next ride should be and mm-hmm. help them plan for races and do you know, nutrition's kind of tricky because, like, I'm not a doctor and my dad's not a doctor. We're not, you know, like, medical professionals Nutritionist at all. But, like, we'll be yeah. like, hey, these are some good common sense things. Talk about this. And then if you have yeah. specific needs after that, we will refer you to the medical professional. Um, so it kind of depends. Like, if, if you want that super involved experience, we'll provide it. Um, and generally the kids who want it are like the super motivated ones who want to be working with anyway. And then there's other kids where it's like, oh, my friend's on the team and I want to ride with him. And that's okay, fine too. Yeah. So it's like whatever you need, we'll we'll try to accommodate it. Mm-hmm. Well, it seems, and it sounds like uh, well, what I've been experiencing getting into the bike community finally because there wasn't one in Idaho. No. And then like the community is the best part. Like yeah. going on rides and like meeting people and like the gravel events I've done. It's just oh, yeah. like everyone shows up, especially gravel events. Like no one really cares. And yeah, then 100%. like you meet up after everyone has has a beer and yeah. like there's just chill and hang out. Well, it's a cool thing too. Cause it's almost like you, you're part of this, like this culture that exists underneath, you know, like living in Utah and going to work here, this like, but like, 
like you and I like met on a ride because we had a common buddy and it's like, this yeah. is something we can do. We can speak the same language. Be like, oh, you ride that bike. Oh, that's cool. What events do you do? You yeah. Know? And it's, it's like people like talking about like a shared sense of community is like a cliche, mm -hmm. but it really is. It's not just, it's like a culture, you oh, know, and, and the good and bad aspects, right? There's like, yeah. there's a language that you speak and there's like things you revere. And then on the flip side, there's like weird taboos and things you can't do and shame and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, the elitist so, vibes. Oh, and all like cycling's the... an incredibly elitist sport and I'm totally part of that. Like, I'll see somebody with ankle socks and be like, loser, <laughs> you know. He's like, got his sunglasses underneath the straps. Oh yeah, like, oh, his disc brake bike has quick release and not through axle. Like, it's awful. And so I'm, I'm not gonna pretend uh, it's like this magical fairyland where you join cycling, your life's perfect. Like yeah. starting to, to ride bikes will solve some of the problems in your life and then create new ones. It will create new ones. I think on net, it's still good, but like yeah. there are so many toxic things about the world of cycling and, and you know, oh, I mean, we could get into all of them, but like that's a super depressing podcast for another day, but it is. Well, I want to, I want to ask what are, what are a few, cause I'm, I'm not super deep into mm. it. So what are some of like those if you, I guess, yeah. if you could change some of them, gosh, I mean, like, or if you'd like the community to like be aware, most of the things I'd like to change are things that are getting better. You know, like, like the first one would be like, you have to have some amount of money to ride bikes. You know, like if, yeah. if you have to, if you're working two minimum wage jobs to pay rent, you don't have time to ride bikes. You don't have the disposable income, and it's not cheap. I mean, like you, you tell yeah. me, if you had a buddy who's like, I want to get into cycling, how much do I need to spend on a bike? You're like a bike that's actually going to work a lot of the time and it, gear and shoes and you know all a, the accessories that come with thousand dollars yeah right like yeah. you could maybe figure out a way to do it for less but so it, it is elitist and then i mean you go out and ride a three thousand dollar bike most of the people you see out on the road riding bikes will have bikes that are more expensive than that like it's not an exaggeration yeah. to say that it is normal and acceptable and fine to spend you know like five figures on your bike garage which probably isn't healthy for most people. And then it kind of sets up these weird, like, oh, if I don't have an $8,000 bike, I shouldn't be out riding, you know? So yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, I, you've probably felt that, right? Oh, for sure. And like, I've been so fortunate getting into it. Uh, like I did some work for a company and they had a bike shop. So I got like my Scott addict RC right. for half off. Right. And so like I had that and I got shoes for discount. Like I've pretty much had all my cycling gear free or half off. Right. Um, just through work deals. And, that's and so people, and that's how you get stuck in the bike industry, by the way, <laughs> you can't afford to leave. Right. I, I, I can't. Yeah. And, uh, so it's just been like so nice. And then, I mean, I was told lies to myself that I need the newer stuff. I need the nicer stuff to go faster. And it's, it's not true at all. Anyone listening? Like I remember the first week I got my Endurace and I was like, I'm going to go smash my PR mm -hmm. up, uh, I think it was Emmy. Yep. And I didn't get it. Nope. And I had to sit with myself that night and be like, that's a bad feeling. You yeah. Know, I was like, what did I just, you'll do? get over that soon. And yeah. like the ways you'll rationalize needing to spend more money on stuff is incredible. Like the mental, like, you know, gymnastics that you're going to do to rationalize your buying purchases <laughs> over time. I'm just telling you. Oh, trust me. And you're already I, getting I, yeah, it. Yeah, right? I, I get it. it. Yeah. yeah, and it's worse than any other sport. Because I always say, if you're really into running or basketball, how much money could you possibly spend? How much does the how best many sneakers do you need? Right, like yeah. a pair of like two hundred bucks. People are like, oh my gosh, two hundred dollars on sneakers. I'm like, I have up in my room right now like six pairs of cycling shoes that all retail for like four hundred bucks. <laughs> you know, like it's yeah. So there's the money, and then I'd also point out that like I am a straight white male doing this sport, uh -huh. and if you're not that at best you will feel alone and at worst you will be an outcast, right? Like there are not 
a whole lot of, and, it, and this is like Utah I'm speaking for, right? Like uh -huh. if you're in LA or Miami and the other big cycling markets, it's yeah. not as much of an issue, but like, this is not a sport on the professional level, especially where you will see people of color, uh, people it's, from yeah. the LGBT community, you know, like women cycling is, is funny cause it's getting a lot better, but it's still like women pros make half as much like female registration at races is generally a lot lower than male registration. And it's getting better for like the younger generation. But mm -hmm. like if you're a woman in her fifties or sixties who wants to like ride bikes, good luck finding other women in your fifties or sixties. Like they're out there and mm -hmm. they're a handful but like for me, I could go out and there's, you know, like a hundred people in my contact book that I could be like, Hey, do you want to go ride? Who are they? Yeah. Like that broadly similar life experience. If you're not that, you know, you can still do it, but there's not a lot of the representation. Mm -hmm. So I'd say the kind of like elitist, you know, like exclusivity of the sport bugs me. But on the flip side, it's an amazing thing for your mental health. You know, it's like an activity that's really sustainable. That's fun. That's motivating. So yeah, both sides to it. You know, it's not, it's not unambiguously good or bad, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The, it is super intimidating to get into it as yes. well. Like oh, yeah. 100%. that was probably one of the biggest things. Like I was so nervous to go on group rides for like a year. Mm -hmm. Like Oh, I can't hang with anyone. Mm -hmm. Like I can't hold anyone's wheel. Like I don't, I don't have know the how cool to ride with a I'm gonna yeah. make someone crash out. Like I'll half wheel and someone's gonna yell at me. Like <laughs> yeah. especially on the road where there's like safety considerations. Like yeah. learning how to ride in a group is like a skill. You know, so it can it really feel is. really isolating for the first uh -huh. few years until you're comfortable doing that. And there's a lot of those like tips and tricks that a lot of people don't know about really no. when they go out. No. And yeah, I mean it's kind of fun to like talk with some of my friends that are starting to get into it or just getting bikes um but yeah the community is pretty pretty intimidating to enter oh yeah and i'll tell you what even for me like i've been in the bike community for a long time i've had a, a hard time in the past few years doing group rides because my fitness isn't what it used to be mm. so all the people i learned how to ride with in high school and stuff they'll want to ride with me and i'm like i can't hang with you so i'll either get dropped or i'll be working really hard and you won't be breathing at all when we're going up the hill like, yeah do you get awkward situations like that so no matter where you are in your cycling journey and for, i know guys where they're too fast to ride with anybody they don't live with like in near enough anybody who's like at their left so like no matter where you are there will always be that aspect of isolation and that's something mm -hmm. that you kind of learn to get over you know and i'm, I'm yeah. learning to be like okay i'm gonna get dropped and that's okay like that's totally fine yeah but it, it, that takes a few years especially if you're like a young cocky dude like a lot of the people I know are like, it's really hard to let your ego go when you're uh -huh. not in high school anymore. And you actually have to like hold down a job and have like fulfilling relationships or whatever. Yeah. It gets harder. So yeah, for sure. And like, I've loved, like I trying to get everybody to buy a bike. Like, mm -hmm. I think it's amazing. I just had, it's like on Saturday, went out and did a loop up in park city right. to my buddies and they just got bikes and the whole time, like getting ready in the parking lot. There's like, Oh, I hope we don't slow you down. You know, all those things. I'm like, it's not what it's no. about. Like, like if I wanted to ride fast, I wouldn't have invited you. Exactly. And I'll tell my, I'll like, tell my fiance that she's like, she's like, Oh, if you want to go fast. I'm like, if I wanted to go fast, I wouldn't be riding with you. That's yeah, fine. It's, that's it's, not what we're doing here. Yeah. yeah and it's, it's just the, the community. It's fun, especially on gravel. Like we're oh, just yeah. out here to like stop at like three gas stations mm -hmm. and just take in the views. Like take it's, cool pictures. Yeah. You know, talk about like catch up. Cause it's like, it's like being on a road trip with someone on a long, like road ride. Yeah. You sit there and you talk as if you were on a road trip, you know, like, Oh, what books you're reading these days. Yeah. You Cause know? you're not like panting the whole time. Like you yeah. are pretty, you're pretty calm on yeah. those long road rides. Mountain bike group rides are different, but Oh yeah. yeah can't, those are, probably can't do those that. Those are just chaos. But no, like, like if you go out and ride on the road with folks, like, it, it really is like being on a road trip, you know, yeah. like I, I went on a ride with my brother the other day and it was great. Cause I got to catch up with him. Cause I was like, Oh, we haven't talked in like a month. Yeah. How you doing? 
It'll yeah, you have to, to like, and there's no yeah. other distractions. Like, no, you're not going to be checking your phone on the yeah. ride. Like, but it's better than just sitting in a room with someone because you're doing something. It's like, oh, hang on, we got to make this corner really quick. Or like, oh, yeah. you take a pull for a sec. Or like, oh, car's going to be good, you know, single file, or whatever. Like, so it's um, like if you want to connect with somebody and really get to know them, go on mm-hmm. a long bike ride with them. Well, that's what I've noticed with uh, a lot of the people I've met. Even like the first conversation we had on the bike, oh, like yeah. I met you that day at the coffee shop. Yeah, and then we rode up Emmy, mm-hmm. and it was just like. I remember talking a lot about mental health and like yeah. why I got into it we and like we shared life stories. Yeah, yeah. In like an hour and a half right. and like just met. And yeah. I've had that with three or four people now it's since so cool. I moved here. And it's like, yeah. And maybe it's something also like you're sustaining that heart rate for so long and like you're just wired. You're like kind of working at a higher level yeah. for that time. But yeah, it's super fun. <laughs> It is. It is. And it's like, I, I think it's funny to like, you know, like talk about like the bad parts of cycling, like make uh-huh. fun of how absurd it is sometimes. Yeah. But it really is magical. Like, and like the, the, the real like beginning of the Maybridge story for my dad was that like he had a small business that he lost and he had this whole like this void in his life. This thing, like he didn't have a pursuit anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, as somebody who had like been into mountain biking a bit in the late 80s and early 90s and stuff, he went and bought a mountain bike for like 800 bucks. Right. And started riding. And in five years, like lost, you know, 50, 60 pounds of weight, you know, went from being like, you know, high blood pressure, pre-diabetic to like amazing shape, doing these cool oh, events. Wow. Like, and then it was like for us, for my dad, if I didn't ride bikes, like my dad and I are very different people. Like, I don't think we would not have there. We don't have anything in common outside of like cycling. And then the things we do in the off season, like hiking together to like stay fit. Like, mm-hmm. so for me and my brothers, it was like, I mean, not only did it probably buy us maybe an extra decade or two with my dad down the road, you yeah. know, like it provided something where it's like, this is something that we're going to do together that we can build our relationship around. So wow. like there are a million magical things about cycling and you just kind of have to put up with like the crazy weird cultural stuff sometimes. But, but I'm sure you feel that too, right? Like the connections you make are amazing. Oh, they're, yeah, they are amazing. And they, I, I feel like they progress faster than like other work relationships or just oh, like, yeah. you go to like a party and like you meet some friends, they introduce you to a friend and it's like whatever. Yeah. And yeah you forget their name by the time you've left and it's like, you know, and it's and like, I don't want to like disparage people who like don't ride bikes, but like, I know so many people where it's like, if you ask them, what's your thing? What do you love? They'll be like, I like watching basketball or like, I like, you know, and that's fine. But like, this is something that becomes your whole life. It's like all you can think about. You just, what you think about, like for you, it's like, what's this next big event I'm going to do? How do I get through Leadville? Like, what bike am I going to buy? Like, oh dude, there's this, like for me, I love watching professional bike racing. So like I've got friends where like, you know, like it, when I'm working in the bike industry, you can come in and be like, dude, who's going to win Flanders this weekend. And then you like fight over it. Right. Yeah. And it's, if it's, it's having that common like language and culture where it's like, if you, cause you were in Eastern Europe for, for a few years. Right. Mm -hmm. Like if you'd been in Eastern Europe all alone and you suddenly ran into someone at a bar who was from Wisconsin. Right. But he's from the U S it's like, you'd be like, Oh, we're both American. We have this in common. We speak this language. We have the same expressions. Like we have the same background for like, you know, like, like uh, pop culture and stuff. And it's like cycling is that, you mm-hmm. know, it is, it is very much its own culture. Yeah. And it, it, the cliche of like anyone's, it's not just like a hobby or whatever. It's a lifestyle. Yeah. It really is like, Oh yeah. My whole life now is revolves around cycling. Yes. Like I eat way better. Mm-hmm. I take way better care of my sleep. Like oh, yeah. I'm so much more aware of how I'm treating my body now. Yep. Cause it's like, I don't know if it's a coping mechanism I use or like Maybe. what it is, but it's a crutch. It could, yeah, it's a crutch 100%. Yeah. Um, 
but it's helped in like so many aspects. Oh yeah. And uh, it just kind of consumes everything. Well, and it's cool to watch. Like I've, I've known people where it's like, I went out and partied and had like an alcohol problem and was mm-hmm. sleeping three hours a night. And, and then you discover cycling and within a year, usually it's usually a year or less, your life turns around completely. And you're like, Oh, I want to go faster. So I'm going to stop smoking. I want to go faster. So I'm going to get eight hours of sleep a night. I want to go faster. So I need this bike. So like I need to like have higher career aspirations so I can afford expensive gear. Right. And the problem is you can kind of go over the hump where it's like, I want to go faster. So I'm going to develop an eating disorder, right? Where you get so healthy, it turns into like a, or like I'm going to neglect my relationships to do this six hour ride on Christmas. Right. Mm -hmm. Like there's you and like almost all of us will kind of slingshot too far, get into that a little bit and then pull it back. And if you can pull it back and then land on like that healthy place again, that's the ideal. You know, Mm -hmm. you don't want to like go and like spend a whole lot of time in like the unhealthy zone and then slingshot back out into not riding at all. So it's a balancing act for sure. Oh yeah, 100%. And, uh, so I asked you some questions before, uh, we started the podcast of, uh, one that stuck out to me a lot was your response to like role models and like heroes. (laughs) I no, I liked your answer. And so your answer was, you kind of don't like putting people or like the idea of a role model. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to talk about that. Expound on it a little bit. Cause I don't want to be like, I don't have role models. I'm too good for that. But like, I've, I think it's a mistake to idolize people. I think Mm -hmm. you should learn from people. Yeah. Right. I think a lot of people, and whether it's in sports or politics or, um, like your family, like, like, you know, like, like men who idolize their fathers are insane and make bad decisions. Right. And like, (laughs) I think people who idolize politicians are insane. Right. And that doesn't mean that I'm like, yeah, nothing matters. Don't care about anything. People suck. No, no, I understand. Yeah. Just be like, like, this is a good idea. I like, I love ideas, not people because people uh-huh. are flawed. Like I, I would love to be known for my ideas, but not for who I am as a person. Cause I'm a mess, right? <laughs> yeah. Everyone's a mess. So, um, I could tell you like things that I admire in different mm. people. Um, but I really struggle to like point to a person who's not like mythical and say like, yeah, you know, this historical makes... figure was unambiguously good and you should model your life on that. Yeah. You know, so. Well, it's funny, like anytime it's every week, some celebrity does something right. and then people's responses are like how could like adam levine right when he's when he got caught cheating and yeah. it was like how could he do it blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. i'm like why is anyone surprised surprised like yeah. any celebrities any scandal it's like will smith why yeah yeah will smith, the nicest coolest Na- dude name the celebrity right and you then know. he goes and hits someone i'm like yeah because he's a celebrity and they're all psychos you know like take how crazy you are and then give yourself a bunch of power and money and everyone in the world knows, like it's being just deferential does, to you all the time. It makes yeah. you nuts, and that's why people are like, "I, I'm my my girlfriend's family is is from um, the United Kingdom, mm-hmm. right?" And so that we've had this really interesting opportunity. I'm learning about like the monarchy and stuff, and like when the Queen died, it was fascinating to see like people in America being like, "Oh, who cares? It's just some old lady," or, or like pointing out the really bad things, yeah, about all the bad the British things imperial history, yeah, right? Yeah. And then having this conversation, trying to learn more about like who was Queen Elizabeth? Like, is she a good person? You kind of learn like. Kind of, but kind of not, but kind of, but kind of not, you know, like so is really every, bad things, really is. amazing things, yeah. right? You know, if you took the coolest thing I ever did and the worst thing I ever did, I, I dare you to make a character judgment about me because you can't. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody sucks and everybody's capable of good things. Yeah. So like if, if yeah. we were all judged on the worst things we've ever done, mm-hmm. every, like everyone would be really shitty people. Yeah. And I, I will say, and maybe this is the pessimist in me. I think there are people out there who are like bad on net. Like, I think it's easy to point to historic, like yeah. anti-role models be like, 
I don't care if you had a redeeming quality or two, you did enough bad things that I don't think we should worship you. And then there's other people where it's like, and in America here, like, it's all about the founding fathers, right? This is the best (laughs) example of that discussion where it's like, you know, like there are some figures in American history who we revere where it's like, I think you did enough bad things that I don't want a statue of you, but your ideas were really interesting and we should learn from them, right? Yeah. But then I think, I think it's kind of, I think a lot of people want to know more about themselves and they want an identity and it's easier to piggyback off a famous person's identity and try to become them than it is to like back out and say like, you know, there's nuance here. And like a lot of these people that we think are great kind of sucked, but this idea is good, you know? Mm -hmm. So I don't know. That's like a super cop out answer. Uh, no, I don't Martin Luther so. King Jr. There you go. Yeah. There you go. There's, there's, I think that's a good one, right? You know, Mr. Rogers was cool. Mr. Rogers. There you go. Mr. Rogers. He never did anything bad, right? I have no clue. No idea his, uh, his history. I don't either. I, I liked him as a kid. That, that's, that's my, that's my answer for that question. All right. And then, uh, another one kind of around, uh, mental health and staying ground and stuff like that. Your answer was, um, having a constant pursuit. Yes. Um, so kind of why, like, why do you think that holds so much weight and importance? Oh, because, well, and I, I'm speaking for myself here because I, I would be lost if I didn't have something I was chasing, mm-hmm. right? Like I don't have the, um, force of character to just kind of like cut my own path through the jungle and find self actualization. Like I have to be chasing a carrot, right? Yeah. And so for me, like, before I had cycling, and that wasn't a lot of my life, right? You know, I, I found cycling at 14 or 15. But, you know, those kind of early teenage years before that, there was nothing that really excited me. <clears throat> you know, like I would stay up on my phone until four in the morning watching replays of Simpsons episodes I'd seen before. You know, because it was like, I don't know, this is this is kind of fun. This is better than just staring down the yawning chasm, right? Yep. Um, and I, I, I think that's how a lot of people like like I started to fall down like the alt-right pipeline when I was okay. an early teenager, right? Because there's there's this void in your life uh-huh. and you want to fill it with something, right? And so for me, cycling, like you said, we kind of talked about before, it's like, this is, is something that I want to get better at. And the, the pursuit of getting better at this is going to lead me to do things that make me a healthier person. Like, you know, um, uh, having career ambitions and getting enough sleep and like, you know, like I don't smoke or drink um, mm-hmm. because I think it's more compatible with the lifestyle that I'm chasing for yeah. cycling. So. I think, and I don't think it has to be cycling, but I think cycling happens to be a really good one if you're in the position and live in the area where you can do it. Yeah, 100%. I, anything, like any hobby or like anything to have something down the road to look at and to chase is is crucial. Like yeah. if I didn't have anything to like look forward to five years down the line, because I'm in the same, I'm in the same uh, boat of, I don't have the self-discipline and will to like not like have in both of our examples, I guess it's cycling. Yeah. But to just like not have something and just be able to wake up every day, like on time, be productive, do things. Like if I took cycling out of my life, I couldn't just, maybe it's like I'm partly lazy. I couldn't just work for nine hours a day. And and some people do. And And some people can and do, and they do it well. I don't even great. think that's necessarily a good thing. Like it's, it's, it is good in some ways and it's not the worst thing you could be doing, but I'm like, if you have a job that you're not passionate about, but you're spending 60 hours a week doing, unless it's necessary for your survival, I think that's probably indicative of something being off in your life. You know, oh, like I think, yeah. and again, it doesn't have to be cycling. It could be painting or riding or, um, running, you know, like we were talking like, I, I hate running, like running sucks. I think cycling's better, but like, you know, like I, I do recognize that like, Hey, you know, like cycling's expensive. And if you don't live in the right place, it doesn't work. Yeah. So like run, 
you know, or like get into hiking or photography, like just I, any hobby, have a like, thing, have a thing, have a thing. Or like photography, you could live out in Kansas and be like, you know what I'm going to do this week is I'm going to find this particular kind of flower and I'm going to drive around until I can t- find one and take a cool picture of it. Mm. And then you, while you're at work, like you should be thinking like, oh man, I could go over to like this, oh, this part of whatever Smith County has this patch of trees. I'm going to go check, yeah. like have something that you are chasing outside of the normal mundane things that are part of your everyday yeah. life. Cause and, like any yeah. hobby beautifies the world. Yes. Oh, a hundred percent. Like, and I think that's so crucial. And like, I had a conversation yesterday on a, our, my, uh, Sunday stroll bike rides I do. And, uh, my buddy Brooks, he works at Goldman. Yes. And even when like daily text conversations, like you feel like you just need to respond or like yes. a work email, like you need to respond like right then. And it's hard to like sit with your emotions for a long time. Cause you feel like you just need to yep. respond. Oh Yeah. Good or bad. Good or bad. Right. Like yeah. you see a controversial thing on any of the platforms. Name them. Name them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you say something. Yes. And it's like, was that the best thing you could have said? You know, and especially in like relationships, familial yes. with your significant other, like friends, like that's such a crucial thing. It took me forever, you know, yeah. still obviously work on it. Oh, and yeah. like, you'll never be immune to that. I don't think. No. I think something will always trigger in a way and you'll just make decisions based on emotion. But I think mm-hmm. the the bigger control you can have on that definitely is going to probably pay off. Yeah. And, and especially where like we're blessed with like having all of the cumulative knowledge of mankind at our fingertips. I know yeah. that's a, like a cliche to say too, but like we, we Literally, really do. Yeah. And it's not all, it's not all good. And it maybe it's even mostly bad. Right. You know? Um, and, and I think it's really scary to see, people who have holes in their life and big hard questions they need to ask. And then you go and find things that validate your emotions. Right. And I think that really, really scares me. Um, so finding a way to, to whatever extent you can to check out from that and figure out how to like be a responsible citizen in 2022. Yeah. It's really tricky. Yeah. It, it is scary. Cause anything you want to believe and like anything you want to fortify your opinions like you can find correct yes like so it is scary mm-hmm. that that can happen on any level and so yeah being able to like disconnect and be able to take in everything at a proper level to make a educated decisions yeah hard and scary at the same time and, and the apathy scares me even more because like it's it's so a lot of people get to the point where we are where it's like truth is relative Nothing matters. I don't care. And it's especially when people who are like the straight white dudes are like, well, you know, I'm too cool to be involved in this. I'm just above the fray and I don't have opinions and everything's fine, you know? And that's not the right answer either. I, but I think, I think it's hard, especially when like, when we're starting to kind of pay more attention to like the kind of marginalized voices out there where it's like people trying to be part of the conversation and stuff. And like, if, if I was, if I'm talking to another straight white dude, my, my answer for how to like approach this will be completely different than if you're, you know, like from, like I said, from a marginalized, you know, if you're, if you're not a, if you're a person of color or Mm -hmm. if you're like a member of the LGBT community or something like, I'm like, yeah, you should be angry. I totally get it. You, you, I, I don't know if your anger is always the most effective thing, but I get it and Mm -hmm. you're entitled to it. Yeah. Um, but for people like me and like my, my fiance has been wonderful kind of being patient. Like, look, I know this makes you mad. I know that this is confusing and stuff, but like your emotions are getting in the way again. And like, and like you follow me on Instagram, like yeah. every once in a while something will make me really mad and yeah. I will go on a six page Instagram rant <laughs> about like whatever X, Y, usually something political. Right. Yeah. And it's like, I'm so mad. And then like, she'll point out like, 
who's who are you helping here? Yeah. You know, I'm like, and I think you could maybe argue that like, oh, well, maybe like more people pay attention to this or like have a personal connection. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, figure out ways that you can be a productive, compassionate human being who is aware and informed without being a psychotic Facebook monster. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like we, we all know people. We all know people from school where it's like, yeah, oh, no. Oh, Dave sucks now. Oh, oh, no. You know, you open up Facebook and you're like or Instagram or whatever. Yeah. And you're like, Oh, wow. That's really scary. What happened to you? Yeah. 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 The Internet's terrifying. It really is. And then uh, the last question I asked on uh, on your mantra it's mm-hmm. kind of touch bases on kind of what we talked about, but objectivity, effectiveness, humanity. Yes. Um, I, if I had to like sum up my, my whole shtick, mm-hmm. um, if, if I had kids, that's the advice I'd give them. Like, again, try to be objective, you know, unplug from tradition and dogma and like look at the world and say like, oh, you know, like the world is shades of gray, you know, yeah. like let's figure out what measure what we can learn from it, be introspective about what we can't measure and learn from that. And then just figure out how to like, I think you should be invested in making the world a better place. Right. Yeah. You know, so like, you know, I, what can I do about this issue with my relationship or this issue with my profession or like, who am I going to vote for? Right. And then really think like, especially if you're a privileged person, like what is actually like going to like in a concrete way, make the world better. And then the last one is like, don't be a robot. Even though I'm like, you know, I, I would advocate for more people being, scientifically minded and I, I i guess i'm something of like a utilitarian when it comes to morality mm-hmm. like remember that like um and and for some people this comes from religion for some people this comes from other sources but figure out a way to ground your morals in in a in a manner that like lifts people up and it's like you know what like we whatever we do it should make people's lives more fulfilling or make people safer or like when it came to covid like like frankly like keep more people alive you know, and for yeah. me, like, and I don't know, I don't, I'm not going to lean super hard into politics for yeah. your new podcast here and like <laughs> sink you or whatever. Um, <laughs> I'm like, you know, like to a certain extent, you're going to have to like let go of yourself a little bit uh-huh. and recognize that you're part of a community and let go of your pride and anger and stuff and be like, you know what, if I can do X, Y, and Z little thing to make somebody else safer or to make somebody else's life better, I think you have a moral imperative to do that. So that's my... I, I, I'm really bad at concise answers. Like, I don't know. I think these are great answers. I think it's always better to kind of expound on it. You should see me in a too. job interview. It's horrible. You know, I'm like, they'll, they'll just be like, fine, I'll give you the job. Just go away. Stop. <laughs> Please stop. My parents have said ever since I was a little kid, I just wouldn't shut up. That's been my, you know, like uh, I've never had a problem talking. I've had a problem, you know, talking about good things in a productive way, but just like the words vomiting out of my mouth is easy for me to talk forever. That's why I do a podcast, right? Hey, man. Uh, I, I mean, that's honestly a skill I wish I did have. I'm not great no, at, uh, that sucks. <laughs> no, but you're, 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 you got like, you've got that like nice, like, I'm just a cool person. I can talk to you. I'm comfortable. I'm just like, come here. I'm going to talk to you for like three hours until you make me go. <laughs> like my, I was, I'll talk to my mom until like one in the morning. She's like, dude, I have to go to bed. Can we, can we just pick this up later? Oh yeah. Sorry for sure. You know? So yeah, the All internet's right. an especially dangerous place for me. No one ever give me a platform, please. I'll just ruin the world. <laughs> All right, I'll uh, listen to your podcast every now and again, and keep it. If you say anything out of line, I'll be like, hey man, <laughs> just cancel Joe. Hashtag cancel Joe twenty twenty. You know, he he advocated intervals right before a race. What are you doing, with this guy? Spotify needs no, to pull no. him. You know, but yeah. And then uh, I guess, I guess two, yeah, two final questions. Mm-hmm. 
I'm kind of big on routines. Yes. And kind of, I try and pull little gold nuggets from everybody's routine because mm. I think everyone does something a little bit different. So kind of lay out your perfect day, most effectiveness. Yeah. To be the most effective. Oh boy. Um, I think realistically, and I, I, I should say, I do not actually pull this off a lot, but I don't think anybody pulls as much as everyone likes to talk about their right. routines. No one. No. I love to see all the TikToks of people's like perfect yeah. lives. And I'm like, that's great. I do want to be like that. Yes. I don't think you're doing that every day. No. No, I would like to, I would like to do liars. that every day. Full, everyone's a liar on TikTok, right? <laughs> like if people looked at our Instagrams, they'd be like, oh, these are these cool hip dudes who are just unbothered by everything and ride our bikes all the time. I'm like, no, we're neurotic psychos like everyone else. Yeah. You know, like I wake up in the morning and just have crippling anxiety and then right. I have yeah. to drag myself to get out and exactly. go ride and yeah. start my day. You know, 100%. Like, yeah. But I think ideally, yeah, ideally. Have, have like the biggest one for me and the biggest one I struggle with is like a regular sleep schedule. Mm-hmm. Have a time where you're like, okay, I should be in bed. Like for me, when like 1130 rolls around, I'm like, okay, I really, I should be in bed. You know, I should have been in bed before this. I really need to, you know, um, have a, like a somewhat regular wake up time. Be like, I'm going to try to wake up at seven or eight. I think if people tell you like, yeah, get three hours of sleep and I wake up at four and hit the hashtag grind, 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 grind. I'm like, you're a moron. Turn, just unfollow him immediately. You know, like, like grind bros on Instagram is, is not it right. Have, you know, get, try to get your eight hours of sleep. Um, you know, try to eat you know, not like, I don't, I, I'm not, if you go listen to my podcast, like I'm not an advocate of any weird diets, just eat the right stuff, you know, eat fruits and vegetables That's, and whole yeah. grains and, you know, eat rice and Common chicken sense. instead of and a I Big Mac, so, right? Yeah. Eat, eat, treat your body nicely. And then like, you know, for me, like when you go to work, work hard and, you know, work hard for your eight hours and, and do what you're supposed to do for your job. And then like, for me, it's like, I, I either need to have a bike ride or like, I know, like I'm going to do a really hard ride on Monday. So Tuesday will be my easy day. And like, that's the day, like I'm going to go and my fiance and I are going to go and like pick out a suit for the wedding. You like have like, I use, I like to put my non-bike things on my rest days and have that all taken care of. And then, um, you know, is it like, I'm, I'm not a great person to ask about routines, but the last thing I'd kind of toss out is like, um, make sure to make time for all of the balls you're trying to juggle in your life. You know, so for me, it's like, I need, when I was in school, it's like, I need to have some time to get some amount of homework done. I need to have a little bit of time after work hours to send this email to this guy who's in a different time zone. And then I promised my girlfriend I'd have dinner with her parents tonight. Right. So like, you know, conscientiously plan things out. Like if you're constantly running around like a chicken with its head cut off, that's on fire because you are like, Oh shoot, you know, in 30 minutes I need to do this. And then you're doing the, and I forgot, I told my friend I'd hang out with him. Like yeah. that takes a toll on your mental health pretty quickly. So that'd be my, but yeah, I'm not the best All person right. to ask about routines. I suck at right. routines. Yeah. <laughs> so do I. Yeah, man. And then, uh, any, uh, recommendations, any literature, books, anything that, you know, have really resounded yeah. with you that you'd throw out there to, yeah, for th- me and anyone to go check out. Th- there are a few. I, I would, um, I've, I've just finished reading some of, uh, James Baldwin's works. He like, you know, people say like, there are no American philosophers cause our country's only like 250 years old or whatever. But yeah. like, I've, I read, I finished a couple of his books recently that were really, really good. Lots so what's of, his background real quick? James Baldwin was an African-American writer, in, mostly active and kind of like, I think mostly got big in like the 60s and 70s, kind of writing about an American experience that I think most of the people that I interact with are unfamiliar with, you know, um, his, his kind of ideas about like what it means to be an engaged American citizen and like, you know, um, I think are really interesting. I would also throw out, um, I guess it depends on what you're interested in. 
Um, if you're like a history buff, I just read a couple of books by a former FBI agent named Ali Sufan that are really, really good about like the war in Iraq and Afghanistan. Cause mm. I know you probably remember that colored our growing up lives, you know, like I wouldn't, yeah. Yeah. I grew up next to a military base, you know, like that was a lot, lots of my friends, parents were in Baghdad or, or Kabul okay. or whatever. Those books were super, super good. Um, you know, I, I've in the past years kind of had an interest in like, you know, broadening my awareness of religion. So I actually went and like read the Bible and the Quran or the two books I've, I've read and like nice. had some, read some kind of theologians takes on those. And, um, and I'd also throw out, um, uh, you know, there are a couple books I've read by Steven Pinker that I had mixed feelings on that had interesting ideas. I've, 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 I've met him a time or two before virtually. Okay. Um, and, and had a chance to ask him some questions and I can't endorse him entirely as a human. And I think his views aren't things that I always agree on, but he had a really good book that he wrote, um, about objectivity that I'd recommend as well. Okay. So again, I'm, I'm working on becoming a better reader. Yeah. Um, you know, ask me in a couple of years, I could probably give you a better, some better ideas, but I'd say read a lot of different stuff. Like don't, if you're super into world war II history, read something else, you know, like yeah. if you, if you're always reading about, Cycling. Yeah. yeah, be like a well-rounded person. You know, that's something I'm trying to do because I have a, the obsessive tendencies that make me, um, I, I think that they've kept me in cycling are the same obsessive tendencies that like have pushed other things out. So like, mm. you know, broaden your bubble a little bit. And that doesn't mean like go out and read a book from a crazy person to get their perspective, but like learn different things. Yeah. Kind of be my, my basic shtick. And then like Audible too. Huge fan of audiobooks. Yeah, I'm I a str- big audiobook. I can't. I can't read a book uh, anymore. I, I and, but read. like I go out and hike or like go on an easy ride and plug in an audible and like I yeah. like on my I did a like a nine hour ride on Saturday that totally sucked, but I got through like seven hours of an audiobook. So, yeah, some good book time. Good book time. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Makes makes you go easier too. You know, like don't be listening to like dubstep all the time because yeah, it will yeah, never yeah. go easy, right? You, <laughs> yeah. know. you know, you know, you're learning all this. Right? I understand. I understand. Yeah. Well, man, I appreciate, uh, appreciate the time. Appreciate you coming on. Oh, I appreciate you listening to me. You know, I would have been just like talking to myself. So stick a mic in front of me as we'll get some content out of it. Right. (laughs) You know, yeah, I I appreciate it. And like, uh, you know, I, I know there's only one episode of your podcast out, but like I listened to it. It was really good. I appreciate it. I don't know if this is like anybody's first time listening to this, but like, you know, subscribe to this one, you know, like, like, (laughs) and subscribe, smash the subscribe button. (laughs) And, uh, if you'd like my, my podcast is the Maybird cycling podcast. It's, it is it is just that it is just about cycling. If you're not into cycling, probably don't get a lot from it, but, uh, all if platforms, Spotify, uh, Apple. I think so. Okay. I, it's at least Spotify and Apple. Okay. I, I had somebody tell me he somehow listened to it on like Google podcast or whatever. I pay RSS.com $8 a month and they distribute my podcast. So, all right. uh, if you're probably, not on, yeah, probably on Google, everyone's on Spotify yeah. or Apple music, yeah. right? Who's That's you, the only two. You if do. you're using something else, get some help. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Here you go. Thanks for talking. All right, man. Yeah. Appreciate it. And, uh, Yeah, talk soon.